All right, we're back. Welcome to the podcast. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing great. How about you? Sweet. I'm doing great. Hey, I, I think first I, I'm going to give a few um, you know, public service announcements. The first today would be don't loiter in the fast lane. But the second one, and I think this one's the most important, uh, recently we had the opportunity to travel through Las Vegas, not to Las Vegas, but through Las Vegas. And if you have an early flight out from the airport, just know we already can smell on you the scent of loss, desperation, and sadness. And that stink's not washing off for a while. But I think what's important to remember, you're coming to an airport with other people that are just traveling through Vegas. So it's wise to pop into your hotel for just a quick minute Wash some of those other scents off your body that you got through that 48-hour marathon of being in a casino. You know, pop in the shower, tickle your hair with a little bit of shampoo. Then you're more than welcome to get on the plane and ride shoulder to shoulder with me for four hours. <laughs> so public service announcement. Yeah, just shower, please, before you come over to the Harry Reid International Airport. Give me a blessing for everybody around you. All right, Jimmy, we got to help the community. You know, that's what we're here for. I think you had it right driving through Las Vegas. I think that was the right way to do it. Yeah, not too. Yeah. All right. Hey, Jimmy, what, what auctions are you looking at this week? I saw a couple of interest. One of them ended today, and it uh, was a 35-year-owned. Uh, of course, I'm going to like this. It was a 35-year-owned <laughs> 1953 MGTD, and, and uh, it went for $11,000. Well, it was eleven. And some change. Well, uh, let me cheat here for a second. Yeah, but give us a reference. I mean, is that a good price on that? I, I, yeah, I would. I mean, for it was eleven thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. I'd be happy if it had four tires that held air for for that money. You know, because they're I, MGs are kind of flat anyway as far as uh, prices, and uh, you know, uh, TDs probably. You know, a good one's probably nineteen, twenty thousand from a, a dealer. They're probably twenty five, twenty seven. You know, they're elevated a little bit, but I think eleven's well bought. That would be a great car to kind of kick around in and wrench on and just kind of have fun with. It looks like you know somebody will have some fun with that. That'd be a good one uh, also to hear about. You know, if they wanted yeah. to reach out to us, I'd like to hear kind of what they do with that. Well, I mean, I, essentially, they would talk to us about how much they're spending time repairing that, and that's okay because it's an MGA, yeah. and you'd be right with, or just an MG, you'd be with them, even if it's a TD, but you you'd be right with them. So yeah, six six days of repair and uh, one day of driving, and it's okay. Yeah. So again, our email address is glwtapodcast at gmail dot com. You want to join us and talk about your MG TD you just purchased? You know, drop us an email, and uh, we'll get together and bring you on the show, and you can talk about it. What else is on your mind? Uh, the the, uh, the next auction that I looked at is the 14,000 uh, mile 2001 Porsche 911 Turbo Coupe 6-speed. I uh, like that car because it's speed yellow, super cool color. I would call it obnoxious, awesomely obnoxious. Love it. Love that body style. I know it's, I'm guessing it's gaining some traction among the... Yeah, the 996s, they're, they're moving up. What did you took one of these up uh, Pikes Peak, didn't you? Loved it. Yeah, I got, I got to rent one. We, uh, my wife turned forty, and we rented one from a, an exotic car rental place, and had it for a long weekend, and really enjoyed it. So yeah, I that have a soft spot for that particular car and that color, and really like it. 
I love the 996. It's, I mean, it's a fantastic car. I had a, a 996 Turbo for a hot minute. I was warned by my good friend Jimmy here not to buy it because it was the automatic transmission. He was right. It, those turbos, when they spooled up, it wasn't very fun because you had about an eighth of a second before it was popping another gear as soon as the turbo spooled. And anywhere before that, it, it just was weird. It was a weird car to drive. Beautiful to look at. Loved the car. But uh, yeah, I'd rather have a speed yellow. You know, there was another 996 turbo that was on Bring a Trailer. Uh, and it was a, in a color called Zanzibar Red. And I was rummaging through the comments and one of these fellows said and zanzibar red if you're not familiar with it it's almost an orange color it's absolutely beautiful and the comment said something like this you can go your whole life without seeing a speed yellow 996 turbo but you will go your whole whole life without seeing a zanzibar red 996 turbo so i guess that 996 in zanzibar is pretty rare but i guess the speed yellows are pretty rare as well fun car a couple good picks Good luck with the auctions on those too. Well, the one already ended. The TD's done. Yeah, so. it ended. But but hey, I think I think I mean, in my opinion, it was well bought. Of course, I would. I'm very eager to overpay for an MG uh, any day of the week. So, <laughs> you know, that's brilliant. just me. But uh, but I hope they have a lot of fun with it because it looks like uh, looks like it'd be a lot of fun. All right, my turn. I've got a I've got a couple for you. The first is I'm on a different site here. It's uh, Awesome Joe Auctions and More. And they've got an auction, a uh, car up for auction right now. It's a 1996 Suzuki Jimny. And I picked it because, nice. you know, you roll a, a Jimmy and a Jimny. That would be, I could see you driving that thing. <laughs> I mean, this one's even got the locking front differential. So you're good. Auto locking hubs. You're, you're set. That, sound, that sounds legitimate. Yeah, we're going to come back to this one a little bit because uh, there's one I really wanted to talk to you about. Before we do that, I wanted to ask and just, you know, I went just to let our listening audience know everything that you know about the metric system, Jimmy. <laughs> I know, I know one thing about the metric system. I know the same thing as my buddy wall. And, uh, I know what a two liter is a two liter Mountain Dew. That's it. That's where, that's where it ends. Yeah. Good. That's, that's a, the entire metric system in my mind. Well, so when we talk about, engines in the past, you know, I think it, as an astute listener will remember that one of uh, Jimmy's picks in the first podcast was a 1600 CC Alfa Romeo car hauler. That motor at 1600 CCs, just I'll help you out here a little bit, Walt and Jimmy, that's 1.6 liters. Oh, so almost two a little liters. bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's a big, <laughs> you take shot. a big swig out the top of that Mountain Dew. And you got yourself 1.6 liters. What I found on Bring a Trailer, and this is a little bit different for us because we're, we're big car guys, but there is a 10-mile 2004 Honda Rune motorcycle. This thing, I think it's cool. It's a beautiful motorcycle, but the best part about it, it has a flat six in it, and that's what I love. I love the sound of a flat six because I drive a Porsche. This has... An 1,832 cc flat six. Wow, that's bigger than uh, this guy back here. Yeah, that's bigger than your MG. That's bigger yeah. than the Alpha car hauler, which was a tow truck in essence. It's crazy. Crazy to think about 1,800 cc's 
you know, just to put it into reference, that's 1.8 liters. Now I know the the cars that I'm going to list now, these are likely turbocharged, so they're going to have a little bit more power, but current modern cars that use a 1.8 liter motor, the Audi A3, a Mercedes-Benz SLK, Kia Sportage, Volkswagen throws that motor in almost all their cars, and then the Honda Civic also has one with a 1.8 liter. That's crazy to me to have that much power in a motorcycle. Perhaps that's the reason it only has 10 miles on it. <laughs> they, they made it the ninth mile and then they died. Or the guy said, and here comes the best dad joke of the year. Man, there's too much power in this thing. This might ruin my day. Oh, yeah. sorry hurts. about that. I mean, I couldn't resist. I can't do the little, you know, sorry. Maybe we'll have to add crickets in there at that point. <laughs> but this, I mean, it's a fantastic looking motorcycle. I, I just don't, I don't understand why there's that much power, that big of a motor in a motorcycle. It just seems terrifying to me. So going back to the Suzuki Jimny that I mentioned earlier, just to sort of get another reference point. The Suzuki Jimny is powered by a 660 cc inline three cylinder. Ooh. So that's a third, a third of the motorcycle, <laughs> the third of the engine <laughs> that's in that motorcycle. Half the cylinders and a third of the displacement. <laughs> nice. Exactly. That's crazy. So, you know, that's, you take your two liter bottle of Mountain Dew and you drink three quarters <laughs> of it. That's what you've got in your Jimny, you know? If that Jimny gets, gets stuck in the mud, then you could get the motorcycle to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And those are the auctions. Well, good luck with the auctions. It's kind of fun to look at some of these on Awesome Joe Auctions and more. If you haven't been to that site, they sell a lot of track-ready cars and some unique vehicles. It's a, it's a pretty How, fun how'd site. How did you find that site? That's pretty cool. Uh, just actually going to the track with the Atlanta Driving Society here. They're a big sponsor of the Atlanta Driving Society. And so that's where I first heard about them. So I've just kind of been peeking at their site every once in a while to see what comes about. They do have cool. some pretty neat race-ready cars on there. Very nice. Yeah, so check that site out, too, if you like looking at these auctions like we do. Jim, I thought tonight, uh, talk about our first car. What uh, what was your first car? I know you had the MG, and your, your dad had the MG, the white MG, as we know it, in the garage before you were born, and you drove that for quite a while uh, through high school. But what was your first car that you drove? First driving car was... Uh, a friend gave it to me. It was a 1975 Ford Maverick four-door. Wonderful car. It was, most places, it was a, kind of a sky blue color. Uh, but the guy who owned it beforehand, he liked to buff the car on Sundays a lot. So he buffed all the paint off of the, the hood and the trunk. And so it was just a beautiful, you know, kind of rust color on those surfaces. Uh, and the rest of it was kind of a sky blue color. And, and of course, being a a four-door uh, mid-70s car, it wouldn't be complete without a vinyl top. And the fact that I had it in the late 80s meant that that vinyl top was, you know, in the, in the process of peeling off quite a bit as you dr drove down the road. Were they at least kind enough to call that the Landau top? It, I was not fortunate. You know, maybe if I become a wealthy person one day, I will <laughs> I will enjoy a, a vehicle with a Landau top, but I, I've not, I've not, had that experience yet. This would not qualify. I wish. 
Did you ask the previous owner what in the world he was buffing that car with? Uh, no, but my guess is 80 grit. That'd be my <laughs> guess. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I had a lot of fun in that car. I, it needed a muffler, and that was apparently the first order of business that I had to take care of when I got it. So I went to the muffler shop and had them put a muffler on, and didn't sound any different with the muffler on. You know, There was no difference from before or after. I decided uh, to take it on a uh, off-road trip on a what used to be a BMX bike track, and then ended up ripping that muffler off, and seemed to be just fine without it. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. Those BMX tracks are a little bit a little bit tiny for a Ford Maverick, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it worked out. <laughs> so, had you taken your MG on the BMX track, you'd still be working no, on I it. No, I don't think it's accessible anymore. <laughs> which is a shame because I might be tempted. Uh, yeah, you would be. That would, yeah. That sounds about right. Well, for me, it started out, my brother and I, we, we shared for a while, a 1980 Chevrolet Camaro, Sweet. which we could probably talk about in another episode. It was orange with a V6. And I was always disappointed about that tiny little motor in that car. After I got a job where I needed to get to where I needed you know, to be working, whatever else, there was a truck. It was actually a pickup truck that sat in a field near my grandparents' house. They were lived about 30 minutes from us, and we would drive by. And I would see this you know, from when I was very young, all growing up, this, this pickup truck. It was a 1949 Chevy pickup truck nice. sitting in this lady's yard. Everybody called her Aunt Mabel. I don't think she was our aunt, but that's what we referred to her as. And somehow my dad was able to get this car from her and we were going to try to restore this together. And in fact, I was just talking to my dad tonight about it. And he said that was the most frustrating thing he's ever tried to do, which it was, it was funny. We dragged it over to grandpa's shop, put it up on some blocks, took the wheels off and these are drum brakes. So well before disc brakes. And if you've ever tried to get drum brakes off, of a vehicle that's been sitting for a long while, it's nigh unto impossible and becomes very frustrating. You know, back then we didn't have the YouTube and we couldn't watch, you know, Vice Grip Garage to teach us how to do that. That would have been very useful at this point to see how to get those off. So we ended up sort of giving up on the idea and my dad took it to a shop. That guy got it running, the brakes working, transmission and everything. But it was just a perfect rusted color. The, there was body rust everywhere, but nothing through and through, just that surface rust. The old bench seat was nasty and rotten, but it had brand new wheels and tires, and it ran like a champ. Uh, during the summer, I learned something about a vehicle. I can't remember what they called it. When the, the fuel, what would happen is the fuel rail was running too close to the motor, and it would get warm, and the fuel would boil. Vapor, vapor lock. lock. Yeah. So I would get vapor lock in this vehicle. And I learned that if you take a, like a, just a pool noodle. So the car was <laughs> ran well. If you had a pool, just wrap the, you know, that fuel rail with the pool noodle and never had a problem again. And I can't remember where I figured that out. Cause again, we didn't have YouTube. You just had to try stuff and that works. That seemed to work just fine. That had enough insulation. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then one day some, some fellow just said, hey, I want to buy your truck. He took it. 
restored the outside, painted it a real deep red color. It was real pretty. I used to see it around town. It was, it, it ended up being really a nice, probably still collectible truck today. 1949 Chevrolet pickup truck. Nice. It wasn't the five window. It was just a three window, not the five window, but it was, it was a cool truck. Lots of rust in the floorboard. So when it was cold, just the heat of the engine would come right up through the floor. Didn't need a heater. It was great. Perfect. All right. Well, you know, thanks everybody for listening. We're grateful that you're here. Uh, Good luck with all your auctions this week. We look forward to putting out another one of these podcasts next week to discuss some of the auctions that we think are pretty interesting. Jimmy, how about you? Any final thoughts? Yeah. I'd just like to put it out there that if uh, anybody happens to know where my parts are from uh, Moss Motors order, please let me know because I have no idea where they are. Yeah. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I placed an order last week. I'm I'm trying to do a repair on my twin cam, and I need a an oil seal and a Welch plug to keep the rear end from leaking all over the garage floor. And they've been missing in action. Uh, I ended up getting somebody else's parts and called them and got that kind of squared away. And I still don't have my parts. So you know, I was just saying as you're thinking as you're talking, I think everybody needs a Welch seal. You know, that's I've I've been trying to get one of those for I don't know how long. And what I find the most fascinating about you looking for this uh, Welch seal that I have no idea what it is, your twin cam now has, what, 1,200 miles on it, and you're, uh, you know, you're looking for parts. That's good. That's par for the course. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know what they say? You know what MG stands for, don't you? What does it stand for? Mostly garaged. Oh, that's, yeah. That makes sense. Par for the course. As you sit uh, with three MGs surrounding you in the background, huh? They all are in the garage. Yeah. Well, to Jimmy, good luck repairing your MG. And to the rest of you, good luck with your auctions this week. Have a good week.